A very good morning to you indeed. Welcome along to another fabulous week of radio blogging. My name is Ian Rocky. I'm here in the hot seat this morning and uh, welcoming you to another week of fabulous shows. It is Truth Monday. It is Monday the 8th of June. And as always, let's see who's gathering around this morning. Good morning, Deputy Mitchell. How are you? Good morning, Ian. I'm very well, thank you. Um, yes, we've got a, a great show lined up. Um, everything's working as it should, which is always a relief for me. <laughs> um, so yes, we're expecting a great show. I think um, we've got a, a wonderful uh, Padlet, obviously, ready for people. We've got a Jotcast that's all working and ready. Can't wait to get started, Ian. Absolutely. Looking forward to that very, very much indeed. And as always, our next stop is to go and meet the man himself. Let's start the day. Start the day with a slice of pie. This is radioblogging.net. Good morning, sir. How are you? How was the weekend? The weekend was really good. I've been playing around with making paper books, mm. just just doing those old fold-over books, and uh, I've been sewing them up. Uh, they're very simple to make. If you just go on the internet, you can easily find out how to do it, just with pieces of A4, folding them over, a um, little bit of cutting, sometimes a bit of sewing. Just been experimenting with it, really. I'll post some tweets later on of um, some pictures of them. And I've been drawing co- on the covers. I've been using nicely coloured inks, making really pretty patterns on the covers. And all I've got to do now is to fill in with some poems or some little stories. So, yeah, I've had a great weekend. I love doing crafty stuff like that. I like making things. I think making things is good for people, Ian. Um, mm. But, yeah, I'm really looking forward today because we've got Beverly um, with us. Beverly Naidu, fantastic author, um, came originally from South Africa um, where she um, was jailed. She was imprisoned or put in solitary confinement for, I think it was six weeks um, for um, for um, working against the oppressive government that they had at that time, and quite rightfully so. And she fled to England when she was 21 and left her brother behind who was in jail. Uh, then wrote a wonderful story um, called Journey to Joburg, which cast light on the experience of South African, so many South African children, uh, and revealing really, it was like a window onto the world uh, a world that we knew absolutely nothing about. And it, the book was banned in South Africa um, and uh, people there could only read it once Nelson Mandela um, became president. So uh, Beverly's written a number of books that have been hugely important. And the one we're hearing from today is The Other Side of Truth, which looks at the experience of two children who, uh, again, who are sent from, this is Nigeria, from Nigeria, where there was a very, very corrupt um, government and in the story their father is a journalist telling the truth um, but of course in so many of these parts of the world uh, Ian people who tell the truth are oppressed and um, and of course they, they you know in the end the pen is mightier than the sword of course but they do live in fear regimes like this do live in fear uh, of people who tell the truth so often it's the journalists it's the writers it's the poets who end up being put in prison um, or, or even worse, uh, murdered or, or hung. So it's a very, very powerful story, and we'll hear from that. But let's warm up with a few games just to get ourselves going, Ian. Creative games. Play and try with Ian and Pi. Now then, we've got a few delights this morning for the listeners, don't we, Pi? 
We do. And those of you who've not joined us before, and I know that Beverly is um, uh, with us this morning, what we like to do is start off with a few games just to warm ourselves up, just to tune ourselves in, just to just to shake the cobwebs out of those brains and really get them thinking uh, in, in a fun way. Ian and I will play the games and in school or at home, make some notes in your notebooks and be ready to play the games once we've modelled them and it's over to you and we'll have that's music and maybe some shout outs as well i thought we'd do a very quick fire one in uh, it's our old friend the alphabet race of favorite things do you want to start or shall i um you start pie go on you go ahead okay so um a so favorite things well i have already mentioned it art kit my art kit how lovely i'm gonna go for a buttered toast <laughs> My CD collection. <laughs> uh, delving into a book. Okay. E, I've got a wooden elephant. An elephant. Uh, F, F is easy. Friends and family. G is our gate. Now, our gate has got the name of our house on it. And my wife did that by hand. And it is a work of art. And I love it fabulous that sounds lovely uh h i'm gonna go for happiness okay i inks uh j jumping on our trampoline okay uh jk i've got king kong i've got a book about king kong by somebody called anthony brown a lot of the children will know anthony brown fabulous slightly surreal um writer and illustrator uh l I'm this is a bit of romantic. I'm going for the love of my wife. All right, okay. <laughs> uh, me, me too. <laughs> okay. We, we've got an we've got a mirror mm. that is made of uh, all sorts of bits of broken mirror. It's a crazy mirror and I love that mirror. It's weird. Hey, I love that. That's really good. Um I'm going to go for N, um which is something which has always been there. It's never giving up. Yeah, that's a cool one. I'm going to go for the owl in the wood that um, makes his hooting noise at night. How lovely. Uh, I am going to go for P, a pair of extremely comfortable shorts. They're not named. No, they're not named. No. <laughs> not named. I think we should name them as Clive. <laughs> <laughs> Clive the shorts. Okay. Q is a Q is a difficult one, but I've got a photograph from one of my friends who went to Australia and he's got a photograph of himself by a quokka. So it's quokka. Oh, wow. Funny little animal. Um, R is easy, and I've spoken about this before. It's my road bike. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, S is for socks, evidently, because I have a collection of interesting coloured socks. Uh, T for me is the taste of honey on toast rst you you um you is a difficult one but i would have a photograph of my uncle uh v uh victory in a sports game i used to play a lot of sports and one of my favorite things obviously was victory but having having played a team game together yeah Team games are good, really, because sometimes you win, which makes you feel nice. But you've got to learn to win with humility, absolutely, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, RSTUVW, watch. My grandfather's watch. Uh, X. Uh, <laughs> xylophones yeah. played well. 
Yes. Why a cold yogurt from the fridge? And Z zips that never stick. Hey, we got all the way through. All the way through. Now today's story, Ian, is about two children who have to move. They're sent by their father because, uh, as I said, the very in the story, the very repressive government um, are against him because he's a journalist who tells the truth who calls it out. Mm. There's a very dramatic beginning to the story, and the gunmen are sent uh, to uh, to kill the father and tragically and awfully at the beginning of the story they don't kill the father they kill the children's mother and the two children are sent away um to england and i I thought we could play a game where we just make a quick list of if you had to move home or indeed move country what would you be really sad about leaving behind Mm. Mm. okay um i'm going to start with my school community okay well, we've had things like families and friends, etc. But I'm going to go for um, I'm going to go for um, Marmite. Ooh, oh, okay. I like that. I'm going to go for fishing on the beach. Well, I used to do a lot of that. I'm yeah. going to go for peanut butter. I'm going to go for my favourite local farm shop restaurant. Okay, I'm going to go for the chip shop in Stroud. I am going to go for stopping off at a local quiet spot to gather my thoughts. Okay, I'm going to go for uh, in in the kitchen. I've got a chair, and it's <laughs> my chair. And if my son sits in that chair, it, it really bugs me. Mm. I've never told him this, but it does irritate me. That is my chair. Um, though, to tell the truth, he actually found it in a skip and came home with this chair. It was all battered and beaten up, and then Mel got... Uh, got it properly covered and the springs rescued, but it's a very cosy chair. So I'd have my chair. What else have you got that you'd I, really miss? I'd really, I'd, I'd really miss our new puppy. We've got a new puppy. Oh, yeah. I would really miss our new puppy. Yeah, I can really understand that because um, my dad actually, when he was a kid, he, um, his mum, she let, let, they led a strange life. They used to move from town to town to town. And she often couldn't pay the rent, and so they got kicked out. And he told me once that he'd only ever had one proper toy. And when they moved once, he had to leave this toy behind. It was a little toy ship, mm-hmm. and they had to leave it behind. And I thought that was so sad because so many of us have so many toys. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we're so lucky, and we don't really realize what it might be like to have no toys. And, of course, in the story, the children come but they've had to leave almost everything behind mm. so that's if you moved home what would make you sad uh, that you had to leave behind and then what about memories because i thought too another game might be um okay there are physical things which you couldn't you know we couldn't take our bird bath with us and i love looking at that bird bath and seeing the sparrows and the pigeons and things going in i couldn't take that with me you can't take away my memories so what have you got any really important memories that you would be able to take with you ian i have actually so this this actually follows on from the previous game um and one of the things i i will never forget is catching my first fish with my dad 
Oh, yeah, I've got one of those. Exactly the same thing. We went fishing in a little stream near us, uh, and I caught a trout on the oh, first wow. time that I went out. That was an amazing thing. But it wasn't the fact I was catching a trout. It was the fact I can remember so clearly being with my dad. Mm. And that's a very special memory because he's died now. So he's not with, with us physically, but, of course, he's there in my head. Um, people don't die well when they die they go but of course they live on in your head so that's a good memory for me yes a, a nice one i'm gonna put i'm gonna say um one of the things that i can't get rid of is sayings things that my mum used to say and in the story um the children's mum used to have these these expressions that sort of act as a moral compass they keep them going one of them was something along the lines of um that it was to do with telling the truth and that telling the truth kept your hands cleaner, uh, could keep your hands cleaner than uh, than any washing would mm. ever do. Mm. And I thought that was a good one. And and the girl, Sade, remembers this every now and then, but it's important to tell the truth. Uh, my mum had a, a number of sayings. I don't know about you, Ian. Yeah, she used to yeah. say things like, um, uh, you're barking up the wrong tree. And when I was very small, that really amused me because I could always see a dog in my head barking up a tree. <laughs> What have you got? Uh, Interestingly, no, I have got a saying, actually. Always treat others as you would wish to be treated yourself. Yeah, that's a really good principle to live by, isn't it? Absolutely. It's easy to understand, but it can be quite hard to do. Yeah. But it's a really good one. And I think those sayings that stay in the memory with us, uh, uh, they, they can really help us know how to behave in the same way that stories tell us how to behave, of course. Um, my mum used to say there was no point in crying over spilt milk. Yes. Um, that was always rather a good one. Yes. And then um, if, we, if we were being naughty, she'd say, I can smell a rat. <laughs> <laughs> rather than, rather than a mouse. Um, yeah, rather than the rat. Uh, also, I, I've got... Her, <laughs> and thinking can i smell one and that would really make a cross what have you got here i've got uh if you can't say something kind don't say anything at all it's a really good principle yeah i've often had to review books and on occasions i've written back to the magazine said i'd rather not review this book because i can't you know i I, somebody else might enjoy to get something from it but Mm. i didn't but that doesn't mean that somebody else can't enjoy it and get something from it. If you see what I mean, yes, I do. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Uh, so we've got three games area, and we've got the alphabet race of favourite things. Then a game: if you've got to move home or country, uh, what would you be sad to leave behind? And then the third game is: but what could you take with you? Because you could take memories of nice things that have happened few years ago it was my daughter's wedding and it was a really joyful happy lovely lovely day and no one could ever take that memory away from me so three games ian everybody could get going with those and i think we could have you got some music for us oh absolutely and of course it is monday so it must be muppet monday this is radioblogging.net broadcasting live across the planet it is indeed. Radio Blogging Donate. Good morning. You're listening to Ian Rocky at the controls this morning. It is 12 minutes to 10 o'clock. A very good morning to you indeed. We've got some shout outs now before we move on with the show. Now we've got a couple of ways in which you can get in touch. Uh, you can use the comments uh, section of the show page where you can just go to the bottom, leave your comment in the box at the bottom and we will read those out later in the show. You can also go to the contact 
Padlet and also radioblogging at gmail.com. We'll get round to those later on in the show. Good morning to Kitty. Thank you very much indeed for getting in touch. Also to Eliza, would like a shout out for Stockland Primary Year 6 who are going back to school today. Well, in fact, you know, uh, I am broadcasting Eliza from the hall at Westwood with Eiford Primary School this morning. We are back today as well, opening more widely as well. Good morning to you. I hope you have a good day. Good morning also to Rosie uh, from Stone with Woodford School. Uh, good morning also to Freya. Thank you so much indeed for getting in touch. Year 6, John Moore Primary. Good morning to you uh, from the Year 6 Owls at the John Moore Primary School in Tewkesbury. We are really looking forward to today's radio blogging. Mrs Hollis, shout out to Bispam Drive from Mrs H and Mrs D. We are with you from home. Looking forward to another exciting show. Douglas, please can I have a shout out for my friends Luke and Alex. Alex, I beg your pardon, who I have known since I was two. Mrs. D, good morning as well. And also Harry from 6B. Good morning. I love this show. I'm Harry from 6B at Micklefield School. We would love a shout out. We have the best teachers ever, Miss Dunn and Mr. Bagley. I hope I said that correctly. Stay safe and you stay safe as well, Harry. Thank you so much indeed. David, have you got anything over there on the contact padlet? Yes, we have. Yes, I'm uh, Padlet Police today, so I'm looking at the, the <laughs> contact Padlet. You can find that on the contact tab on the orange bar across the top if you want to leave a shout out there. So, yes, we've got a number here. Um, we've got uh, Sophia from LEH School. I'm not sure. I've been trying to work out what LEH School would stand for. Um, but uh, Sophie there is wanting a shout out for year six. Uh, we've got Millie who's asked for a shout out as well. Bebop's back uh, with us asking for a shout out. We've got Archie from West. Westfield Primary asking for a shout out too. We have, have uh, Edith here asking for a shout out for CJ. And I'm looking forward to Truth Monday. Elliot from Westfield School looking for a shout out for the year six boys at Westfield Primary getting ready for today's show. He was Keith as well at Westfield Primary looking for a shout out. We've got Zach uh, who's also at Westfield Primary. So we've got a big bunch of children at Westfield Primary um, looking to get uh, looking, looking to get shout outs. Uh, Freya from Pensby primary i think we've had freya already but she's uh up in there in i think that's birkenhead i think in india again from pensby primary asking for a shout out and there's a few currently being written as well i can see, i can see mr simpson is writing one at the moment and he's i can see him typing live it's very it's very cool uh, he's just saying good morning to dickens class year six from the isle of Wight. so we've got someone right at the south coast there on the isle of Wight uh, joining us as well and a few others being written so we'll come back to those shortly in thank you very much indeed david fabulous yeah we've got more shout outs to come later on in the show but for now uh, it's rapidly approaching look it will it's uh, nine minutes to 10 o'clock, so we ought to move on with the show. Pi, what have we got next? Okay, well, if everybody's on today's show, you can see it says it's Truth Monday. And if you scroll down a bit, <clears throat> you can see there's a, a place where you can click on. Uh, it says teacher notes, but if you're at home, uh, that could be mum notes or dad notes. Uh, uh, so those are there for you so that you can use the program, revisit it afterwards, build upon it. Um, and in a moment, we're going to hear from Beverly Naidu. But normally at this particular point, um, Beverly, I know you're listening. At the end of each show, there's an opportunity for children to write and to record something. And then uh, we usually share their performances. But what we're going to do today is I'm going to read some out because at the moment we're only getting two or three children brave enough 
uh, to record. And I want to encourage more people to have a go at doing this. So I've chosen a few out that would have been quite nice um, to record. So I'm going to start off with Alice Q. Um, these things I have noticed. So she's looking around her, where she is, just picking out uh, things that she can see and bringing them alive with language. These things I've noticed clogged with books, like the bricks of a skyscraper, books staring intensely, waiting for a reader, rusting screws holding up the weight, adventures read, other adventures still wait for the reader. I really like that, Alice. Short, to the point, focusing on the on the books on a bookshelf. I mean, six M from Micklefield. I like this because it says something about the strange times we live in. We're not meant to be here. We have to sit two meters apart. It's not our usual classroom. We can see the hand sanitizer bubbles frozen in time, waiting to jump into our hands like a lifeguard. We can see a white pin on the board taking center stage like a solo performer. We can see a plaque on the wall, the Stevens Room, chairman of the council 1961 to 1981. Hmm. She must be really old. We can see photos of the wall of children who aren't us. We don't mind our borrowed classroom, but it's not like ours. Uh, a nice statement about the time. And then we had, do you remember the game we played, Ian? Um, mm. we, this one is the Pencil of Confusion. <laughs> and it comes from the game right at the beginning of the day we played. And there were three of these actually posted, I think, by Jamie Grossmith's um, class. I chose this one out, but the other two were lovely. Confused, the pencil lay hidden in the chaos of the desk. Why did they hide me away? Well, I'm destined to write the stories of their imagination. Why trade me for a pen? where my point is ready, sharp and poised for action. Creativity lies within me. With me, ideas can flow, ideas can be altered, but I wait, undervalued, underloved, and my abilities underrated these days. I know I must be patient, I must bide my time. When will the ink cease to flow? Only then will I be wanted once more. I thought that was a love lovely piece of writing. Mm, yeah, and then we've got What I See by Neve. What Neve has done is she's given a shape, a pattern to looking around, noticing those little details and trying to bring them alive in that sort of truth-telling way. I see things differently than others. For example, when others see a calendar, I see a booklet of time that counts the days. When others see an open notebook, I see... Letters ambling across the lines, walking at their own pace. When others see a photograph, I see framed memories of long ago times. When others see a bookshelf, I see a queue of words waiting to be opened and explored. When others see a pen, I see a magic wand full of ink that can conjure up beautiful words. Because I see things differently to others. Now, I thought those were all really well-written pieces and it would have been lovely to have had them recorded. We got a couple from uh, uh, from Friday. We'll save those up for tomorrow. But I wanted to encourage you to, when you've written them up, have a go at playing around with that. We'll talk about it at the end of the uh, show, but have a go at playing around and be brave to record a few. We'd like to see a few more. Well, Ian, now that we've done that, I think we are almost ready for Beverly's wonderful reading 
from the other side of truth and mm. she's going to read a little bit from the very beginning where the tragic event occurs and then she talks a bit and then she moves into the beginning of chapter two and we always like to give our uh, authors a response so under it teacher notes it says beverly do not uh, i do response if you click on that once and it takes a moment usually for the page to load but we go into what's called uh, a padlet <clears throat> on mine it says that you shall not pass this padlet by david mitchell is private um oh if, <laughs> um, yes uh, just hang on a second i shall sort that right now um yes it's a permission setting i just need to change what be a second now and if people if you're listening to this now and i save it you can refresh the page and it should be fine now okay so to refresh your page go to the very top of the page where it says radioblogging.net and to the right of that, there's a semicircle with an arrow on it. If you click on that and the blue line creeps across and bingo, there we are. Sorry. Sort of, that's all right. Don't worry. It's a sort of light brownish color um, on the padlet. And in the bottom right hand corner, we've got a pink blob with a plus mark. Click on that and up comes a post-it. Now, where it says title, put your name. So I put pi and then drop the cursor down. I'm ready to give a response. So what we're going to do now we're going to hear Beverly's reading, listen carefully, take notes during the reading, and then we can write a response. So the response could be what you liked. Uh, it could be a turn of phrase that you thought was very elegant. You thought, oh, I love the way she's expressed that. It could be to, to do with how it made you feel, of course. It could be a puzzle, it could be a question that you'd like to ask the author. Sometimes people take sentences and imitate them. All sorts of possibilities here. But I think we're ready now to enjoy Beverly's reading from her wonderful, wonderful book, The Other Side of Truth. I'm Beverly Naidu, and the book I'm going to read to you from, a little extract, is The Other Side of Truth. And this was a novel that, to my great surprise and delight, won the Carnegie Medal in the year 2000. So it's actually 20 years that I've just realised. Chapter one. Survivors, Lagos, Nigeria. Shade is slipping her English book into her school bag. When Mama screams, two sharp cracks splinter the air. She hears her father's fierce cry, rising, falling, no, no. The revving of a car and skidding of tires smother his voice. Her bag topples from the bed, spilling books, pen and pencil onto the floor. She races to the veranda, pushing past Femi in the doorway. His body is wooden with fright. Mummy, she whispers. Papa is kneeling in the driveway. Mama partly curled up against him. One bare leg stretches out in front of her. His strong hands grip her, trying to halt the growing scarlet monster but it has already spread down her bright white nurse's uniform. It stains the earth around them. A few seconds, that is all. Later, it will always seem much longer. And in those split seconds, Shade's and Femi's mother has been killed by gunmen who intended to get their father 
to assassinate their father. He's a very brave, outspoken writer in Nigeria at the time of the dictator Sani Abacha. And clearly what he's been writing has not been to the liking of the, of the government, which had been stolen by Abacha and his soldiers. I'm going to just jump over to the beginning of chapter two. Chapter two, say nothing. Say nothing, said Uncle Tunde. It's safer for everyone that way. They needed passports, quickly. And Uncle Tunde was setting out that very day to find how they could get them in secret. Shade and Femi did not have passports and the police had seized Papa's only a month ago. Just a few hours before Papa had been due to leave for the airport, six strapping policemen had stormed into their house. They pushed their way into their parents' bedroom. Shade had been helping Papa pack his bag. He'd been telling her about the conference. People from many different countries were going to discuss human rights and whether their governments treated people fairly. The uninvited policemen had surrounded them like a swarm of giant locusts. One had tipped the contents of the carefully packed suitcase onto the bed, including the shirts Shade had helped to fold. Another had snatched papers from a bedside table. Another had demanded her father's passport. Uncle Tunde insisted on going by himself. Under no circumstances was Papa to leave the house. Papa and the children were also to keep away from the front yard. It was unlikely the gunman would return with so many people around, but who could be sure? Everything was so unreal, including Uncle Tunde, always a cautious lawyer, setting out on a mission to acquire false passports that could take them out of the country. But I have to tell Kole, he's my best friend. Femi complained to Shade after Uncle Tunde had driven off. They were alone in the back compound, standing between the lofty pawpaw trees that Femi used for one of his goals. At the far end of the yard, two flaming forest trees formed the opposite goal under an umbrella of fiery red flowers. Kicking a pebble towards a clump of lemongrass, Femi raised a small spray of dust. You can't. Don't you understand what Uncle Tunde said? But Kole can keep a secret. Look, even Mama Buki doesn't know yet. If Uncle Tunde gets caught, he's in big trouble. You heard him. I don't want to go to London, Femi whined. Shade sighed. She was trying hard not to let herself think too much. After those great sobs had subsided earlier, her mind had become almost numb. Everything was happening too quickly. She did not want to hear Femi's complaints because she did not dare let herself think about everyone and everything she would have to leave. It was too much. She ached to hear Mama's voice calling them, to see Mama appear at the back door with her warm smile and welcoming eyes. Mama would reassure them when they were sad or frightened. Mama, who would remain calm and upright, even that time when the police took Papa away. Come to the kitchen, Shade said abruptly, although she did not feel like eating. 
I'm sure Mama Buki is making something. Femi scowled and shrugged his shoulders. Leave me alone. This is radioblogging.net, broadcasting live across the planet. It's a powerful reading, Pi, isn't it? It's very powerful, and I and of course it's um, it's made up in one way, um, obviously, because Beverly is writing a story. Yeah, but of course. of course, the story is based on the sorts of things that have happened mm. um, to people, and she she did a lot of research into the background of the story. And I've just written in on my uh, little posted. It seems hard to know that many children have had to suffer this sort of treatment. Mm. And they come to England, uh, the two of them, uh, and, and they get abandoned in London. And it, it is, I, re- I read it when it first came out 20 years ago. I mean, I reread it over the weekend. And uh, it's still, even though I knew what was going to happen, it still really, really gripped me and moved me deeply. Mm. Uh, one thing I would say about books like this, because we, we've had lots of books that are entertaining, that are uh, that are fun, that this one is a very challenging read because it is linked to truth uh, and the sorts of appalling injustices uh, that go on and still go on uh, around the world. And we know that. Um, but you have to trust the novelist. You have to trust the writer, that the writer will guide you through the book. And there will be um, you will not be left abandoned by the end of the book. Um, there will be a bringing together uh, at the end. So trust the novelist and Beverly will take you through that experience. So anyway, I've written it seems hard to know that many children had to have had to suffer, have had to suffer this sort of treatment. And then I click elsewhere and bingo, it says awaiting approval. And what will be happening now is that children will be writing their comments and that David will be moderating, reading every single comment, and Beverly will have the pleasure of being able to read them. And Beverly, every now and then you need to go to the top of the page and refresh the page, because um, uh, otherwise you won't be able to see what has been written. I think we need a short musical interlude while people get on with that work uh, and post their responses up, Ian. Absolutely. And over the weekend, I thought, well, why not have... I've produced a little bit of what I like to call thinking music. See what you think of this. This is radioblogging.net, broadcast into homes and schools across the world. Yes, it certainly is. Good morning to you. It is eight minutes past ten on Monday, the 8th of June. A very, very warm welcome to you indeed to Truth Monday, the fabulous Beverly Naidu has been reading this morning from the other side of truth and we have a wonderful, wonderful part one of the interview with her later on. Going to go now to the email for some shout outs. Jamie Grossmith, good morning all. We are here in the Emporium looking forward to another great week of writing. We love the Concrete Abstract Nine game on Friday. Great, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Produced some writing we were really proud of. I think I caught some of that as well. Please say a huge hello to Mrs. Shells, who we know will be listening in her office. Uh, Also, let's go and say good morning to Victoria. Good morning, Victoria. I'm listening live with Year 6 from West Horndon Primary School. 
please would you give us all a shout out we love listening along in the mornings have a lovely day everyone no problem at all thank you so much indeed david long good morning please would you do a shout out for my son saying hello to all my friends cousins and teachers at stone with woodford primary school and his son's name is seth good morning seth and good morning david as well George, good morning to you. I know you're not feeling very well today, but you are joining in with radio blogging. Thank you so much for keeping us company. And I hope we're keeping you company as well. And also Rebecca, good morning. Miss Watson would like to give a shout out to Mrs. Roberts. We both loved reading and teaching Journey to Joburg at school from Miss Watson. Thank you. Don't forget, you can also leave a comment on the show page as well. Ollie has done that from Micklefield School. Good morning to you. Thank you. So has Jess. So has Jack, uh, 6M and 6B at Micklefield. Uh, good morning. I hope you're all doing very, very well this morning and you're having a good day. And the teachers in year six at Micklefield who are obviously working incredibly hard this morning uh, mr simpson good morning from the isle of Wight. well good morning mr simpson over there i wonder how it is with you today it's not too bad a bit sunny here today not sure that it's going to last though lexi hi can we have a shout out for year six as well also lauren good morning to you thank you so much indeed for getting in touch david have you got any over there on your contact padlet we have indeed, yes. Uh, we're getting them coming through thick and fast now. We've got actually at the moment got a selection of children from Thorn Tree School who are currently writing some, so they're not finished, but I can see them writing them. We've got Holly, uh, Igor, we've got Dima, Isaiah. Um, they're all currently writing uh, their post-it notes and their teacher, Ms. Dodd, who's who's there today, saying hello from year six. We're back in school today and enjoying today's show. Yes, we've just heard from Mr. Simpson. He's finished writing his. Um, we have uh, Ms. Jacobs, who said hello from year fives at Tos. Toftwood Junior School today. I think I know Toftwood Junior School um, out in Norwich. Um, and a good, a great blogging school uh, there at Toftwood Junior School. So hello, Year Fives. There. So yes, uh, keep them coming. Uh, they're from the uh, the Padlet on the contact page. Uh, do go over there and leave leave us a shout out if you want to. And that's that's from the Padlet Ian. Thank you very much indeed, David. Yes, always lovely to hear from you. Uh, and it really does uh, let us know, you know, connects with you. And that's what live radio is all about, connecting with the listener. So do please keep your messages and your shout outs coming in. Now to take us into the next part of the show, it's over to Pi. Well, I'm wondering whether we should go to the Jockcast, do a bit of hard work on the Jockcast and then go to Beverly's interview. How does that sound to you? Sounds um, good to me, Pi. Uh, I'm yeah. happy. Yeah, I'm just here. Okay. I can, yeah, I can press whichever buttons, hopefully in the right <laughs> order. You just tell me <laughs> and I'm there. He presses the buttons. So what I thought we'd do is we'd lead ourselves towards writing a story. And I've got a story that I've been working on. And we're going to have the first half today, the second half tomorrow. And I'm picking up on that theme uh, that Beverly's got running there of, of being out of out of place where you 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 know a child has to move from one uh, one place uh, to another and i've got two children in my story and i'm just going to read the beginning of the story to you and then we'll go into uh, the activity amira's tongue seemed to be stuck in her mouth they had practiced saying good morning in english so many times but now that she needed to say it the word stuck fast she looked down at her scuffed shoes and said nothing. Nothing seemed easier. The teacher towered above her. He was taller than her one from home. Home seemed like a lifetime ago. 
The teacher walked her outside into the playground to be with the other children. A sharp wind blew across the tarmac and the mirror shivered. She missed the warm scent of orange blossom. This new school just smelt of the city streets. She ached when she thought of her old friends. Here, she knew no one. So that's the very beginning uh, of my story. And I thought we could lead into the actual blog task of uh, writing a story in which we got somebody out of place. Now, it doesn't have to be. It's, um, Amira has traveled all the way from Syria, and it's based on um, a child that I met in a school um, who, who was with her brother, actually, Amir. Um, but it doesn't have to be as dramatic as that. Um, lots and lots of children have moved around the country. Moving home is pretty common. Uh, moving school is pretty common. And uh, everybody has that, um, either that experience of moving and having to sort of settle into a strange place and begin to try and make friends, or the experience of having new children arriving in the school uh, and making sure that we welcome them, settle them in, uh, make friends with them, find out about them. I remember years ago when I was a teacher, we had children arrive from Vietnam. Um, they were called the boat people. And uh, a lot of them had had extraordinary journeys where um, there were two children who'd come on a boat. The boat had capsized. They'd been rescued. Uh, they then uh, their parents paid a lot of money over to basically pirates. Um, they were robbed. I mean, their journey was was quite extraordinary. And of course, when they arrived, they couldn't speak English. But over time, they learnt English and we gradually learnt their story. And the story was read out. Their story was read out in assembly. We've never had a quieter assembly. It really was powerful when we heard the story of these children and how hard they'd, uh, how long and hard they travelled in order to reach us. And at the end of it, there were children crying and there was an enormous cheer for these two children. Uh, it really was very, very moving. That stays with me, that has. Story is such a powerful thing. So I thought on the Jotcast, we'd try some sentences out. I've got an example up there that's quite interesting, I think. She missed the warm scent of orange blossom. So that was with where she was. And then the contrast, and that's why I've snuggled them together with that semicolon. This new school just smelt of the city streets. You could have a go at doing one of those contrasting sentences, or you could just imagine that you were a new arrival and you could do it from an eye perspective. I walked into the room and every eye seemed to turn and stare at me. My teacher directed me towards a desk. So you could sentence by sentence by sentence, gradually as we've done before building up a paragraph, pretend or imagine that you were a newcomer and you were coming in or alternatively you could be somebody in the class who then um, has to have a, a newcomer sitting with them or a newcomer arrives arrives we all stood and stared she didn't look like any of us and so there's that thing of you know we come from around the world we may look different but actually inside we're all the same we're just human beings and it's important to welcome people so we've already got sachin coming in there he missed the adrenaline of playing cricket at home here all children were football addicts nobody to play with he yearned to go back to his home country 
without the war. And a lovely, lovely contrast there between where where um, the main character was and where the main character is now and how it feels different. Um, so let's get some sentences rocking and rolling and um, and trying that contrast business out, either in first person, uh, I, or in third person, he or she. Um, everybody glared at me. I looked different, different skin shade, eye color and everything. I felt like I needed to paint my face to look like them. Powerful stuff there, um, Sachin, powerful stuff. So um, let's see if we can get some more sentences coming on here. Perhaps I'm wondering whether um, just for, have you got a bit of music for 30 seconds while people, oh no, it's coming in. Hang on, we're starting now. Miss Hall, I held my breath as I walked through the ominous blue doors. Everyone bustled around, but seemed to know exactly where they were needing to be heading. I just stood as still as I could trying to blend with the wall. I love the way you've done that. That way of everyone's bustling about, but actually, <laughs> um, uh, and knowing what they need to be doing, um, and all you can do is just sort of stand there. I, I know that feeling. So often I've been in those situations. Arthur, she missed the mud and straw school rooms. Here, everything was constructed out of concrete and glass. Yeah. And of course, um, it's even more powerful if you've been to another country, you actually know the truth of what people come out of. Ollie, you missed the sharp smell of grenades on the front lines. Here the streets of London were torn from the air raids. No one was used to it. Adults, please do comment on children's writing if you can. Archie, he missed his regular life, having friends to talk to. But now they are not with him, are not there with him. I think you need now they were not there with him, Archie. Now build on it. You've got a great start, Sachin. I needed to fit in and fast. Oh, I like that. First person, I needed to fit into this situation. I am fast. Touch of alliteration strengthens that. Ida, I glared at the hall, heaving with loud, chatty children. That choice of heaving is really good, Ida. I miss the quietness of my garden at home. Beautiful contrast, really nicely done, Ida. Well done. Axel, as I walked through the doors, everybody stared at me all of a sudden. Sachi, she longed to fit in. She was different from everybody else. She would never fit in. But of course, we feel that. But nearly always, we do actually fit in. Because as I said, we might look different. We might feel different. But inside, we're all the same. Uh, Bethany. Uh, Lil sat at her desk and blushed deeply. Nobody looked like her, sounded like her, or even liked her. That's clever. She felt lonely. No one would understand. Bethany, she needs a friend. Freya, I was lonely. Now what's going to happen, Freya? Mrs. H, Jeevan longed for the warm earth of his home between his toes instead of this frostbitten, damp playground. Love it. Lovely contrast. Nicholas, I held my breath. Everything was different. I was like a fish in a sea of sharks. Lovely idea uh, there, Nicholas. And it's first person. Did you mean to write a hell me breath? Is that how the child uh, speaks? Which is fine if it is. Chloe, she missed the warm scent of the home like mist. This new school to smelt of the cold grass. Instead of that comma after miss, you could bung in a semicolon there to contrast the two sentences, Chloe. Sachin, I missed the velvet seats we had back at home. Here we sat on dirty, creaking and shivering wooden beams. Millie, at my nursery, Jack and Jill's. We just got to play all day. I bet that was fun, Millie. 
And of course, when you're playing together, it's easy to get on and welcome in new people. Nina, she walked into the room. Everyone stared. The girl looked down at her shoes. She was very shy. You need some full stops in there, Nina, to get that rhythm going. Mrs. D coming on on Sachin and Ida. Thank you. Alice Q. She missed the colourful birds that visited her garden. The birds here were dull and the people even duller. (laughs) Oh, I like the way that's done. Well done. Micklefield. I used to fit in with everyone around me, but now I stand out like a sore thumb. Keep it going. Um, Amelia. The house was empty. The rooms echoed. I stood in my new bedroom thinking, what were the scratches on the wall from? Mm, Sort of little detail that stands out. Benjamin, when I saw someone, I ran away. So if you can extend that, uh, Benjamin, take each. You've got two big ideas there. Take the first one and describe it a bit more. Slow the pace down. Rosie, I stepped into my classroom feeling scared. But da 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 da. Emily, she missed playing with her little brother, Alex, under the lush emerald trees. Here, everyone was just gaming addicts. So is she going to be able to fit in? Uh, Thank you, Mrs. James, for uh, helping. Keith, their eyes twitched blankly at me as if I I were a new species of toad and nobody knew what I was or what language I spoke. That must be so different, difficult, mustn't it, if you don't speak the language of the people that you're going into. Luckily, in the story, they're bilingual. They speak Yoruba, but they also speak um, English as well. Edith, the city didn't smell of mangoes or passion fruit. He missed his friends and his family, but this was the safest place to live. Ah, yeah, very nice. That hint of danger there, Edith. I'm loving that. I think, Russell, because it's getting time is getting on, children carry on with constructing your sentences, building a paragraph up, because that's going to lead us into activity too. But I really do think we need to hear uh, Beverly's interview with Russell. Thank you. Got it right here. Beverly, that was stunning. Thank you. Gritty stuff, I have to say. I'm not familiar with the work, but my goodness, that's really, really exciting. Edge of the seat stuff. Congratulations. I can't believe it's that old. It feels like you've only just written it. It's that kind of stuff is in the moment. It's the here and the now. So well done. It's amazing. Uh, can you just tell the listeners? That actually now, 20 years on, we could still you know, be in that same kind of place. Absolutely. Have to you know have to be sent to safety. No, I I couldn't I couldn't agree more. And I wonder whether in writing it, do you feel endangered yourself at all? Look, I'm here. I mean, when I was in South Africa, yes, okay. I got locked up for six weeks in solitary confinement. Yes, okay. You know, you know, there are places where you have to make choices. But yeah, I feel you know I feel relatively safe. But I, I you know, and I do feel safe. But there are so many people who do not feel safe. And what I wanted to explore in The Other Side of Truth is, you know, even when I got um, um, locked away for, you know, my six weeks in solitary confinement in South Africa, I knew I'd done the right thing. There are situations in life where you cannot sit on the fence. Um, and, I, you know, I was a young adult. I mean, okay, so what was I when I came to this country? I was 21. I came, really, I was. I was seeking refuge from South Africa. I'd left my brother in prison. Um and um, I was seeking refuge, and this country accepted me and welcomed me. No one said, what are you doing here? You've come to take our job. Well, you know, people were interested. 
So I kind of think what I wanted to explore on the other side of truth, what it would be like to be to inherit the choices a parent has made, because Papa has made a choice, and it's a brave choice. It's an important choice, and we desperately need um, writers and journalists who are prepared to speak out, who are prepared to go into those dark places that you know that, that so many powers that be would rather we we don't explore, and you know so I wanted to see this whole thing of coming to this country, which had given me refuge and gave my family refuge. Um, but what would it be like to be a child and um, yeah, and to be separated? Um, you know, you've lost your mother, your father you've had to leave behind, um, and you've been brought up to tell the truth. And that's why Papa's in trouble. He's been telling the truth. He's been writing the truth as he's seen it. He doesn't like the fact that the soldiers have stolen the government, and he's been writing about that. And he calls the soldiers brass buttons. <laughs> they particularly don't like that. Um, and I, it's that exploration. I think I took myself back into what it had been like possibly to come, um, leaving behind what you know, to come into unknown but yes of course I knew I knew you know I'd read about Britain and yeah you know, and I was you know it's fortunate I, I, I'd had a I'd had at least one kind of pucker English grandfather in fact I had two but one who was really pucker English from Cornwall and and so I wasn't subjected to the kind of things that people who don't have those connections are subjected to um, and I wasn't black so I didn't experience um, that kind of direct racism and the indirect racism also and so it was for me an imaginative exploration, I think, particularly important to kind of then think about this from the position of children. And how is it? You know, we have, we have, you know, as a country, we signed it, thank goodness we signed it, the UN Convention on the Rights of the Child. And in this um, latest Puffin book edition of The Other Side of Truth, I was very delighted when um, um, it, 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 you know, Penguin decided to put it into this Puffin book edition. At the very back, there's, um, you know, they published our rights. And this is the convention that we and other governments around the world have promised to children. And, you know, we are so, we are about breaking these promises. Um, you know, it wasn't just then, in, in, you know, in, in, in the year 2000 when this was published that we break, we're still breaking these promises. And recently, we've, I mean, we have Alf Dubs, who was one of the kinder transport children. And, um, he um, created an amendment um, a few years ago in Parliament um, where he sits to um, th that we should protect children and refugee children in particular. And this government and our government had agreed to take, I can't remember the exact number, was it 3,000 children um, who were refugees um, and who'd been separate, but who had some family in this country and to, to bring these children together. And now just a few days ago, I think it was that I was reading, that we've reneged on that. There are about 300 children who've been allowed in, and that's it, or 480, sorry, I lie, I lie, 480, and that's it. And yet there are councils and people around this country, good people, who are saying, we'll have a, we would like to host a refugee show, we will do, and, and, and then also there are some families here, the, you know, so... Why are we breaking this convention? Article 3 says the best interests of the child must be a top priority in all things that affect children. That sounds good to me. Article 9, children must not be separated from their parents unless it is in their best interests. 
Article 10, governments must act quickly and sympathetically if a child or their parents want to live together in the same country. Why, why, why can we not abide by these basic, simple human rights, human decency, human kindness towards young people? What's wrong with us? So I was writing and asking myself, you know, as I was writing this novel and obviously doing the research to, 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 you know, at that time, and I, I have to say that I do kind of enjoy the research phase because I kind of, and I have to kind of prize myself out of it because, again, I find people are very generous with what they're prepared to share of their lives. And so I remember lurking around the refugee council, you know, waiting to, and just looking at people and seeing and going to schools and asking young people, what do you need most if you're a young person coming to the school? And inevitably, all those young people said, a friend. How can we, as a country, not offer that kind of human kindness and friendship? And you know what? More often than not, People, you know, people who are fleeing for their lives in these situations have got a huge amount to contribute and to offer to this country. I mean, look, you know, if you even just look back at the kinder transport, just look at what contribution has been made by those young people who were taken in by families across this country, you know, to save themselves from what, Nazi Germany, you know, what, what the Nazis were going to do and doing. Mm. Why can't we continue this? Mm. What's wrong with us? How have we got values so upside down. I'm sure it's not the only promise the government have broken recently, I have to say. So I think this book is more timely than you could possibly imagine. And I'm so pleased we've had an opportunity to introduce it to our listeners because it is really the here and the now and a chance for young folks just to get behind uh, all of this and understand that. This is radioblogging.net, online radio live blogging. Fabulous interview there with Russell, wasn't it, Pi? And of course, we've got part two to look forward to tomorrow. Absolutely. And very, very strong stuff. But I know that children in primary schools and, and in the main, that's uh, our listeners here and primary teachers. We are so passionate about the importance of human kindness, the importance of friendship, the importance of welcoming people in uh, and enjoying everything that they uh, offer. It's at the heart of what we do, actually, in primary schools, establishing those basic moral principles. This is how we work. And Beverly has done this through it speaks through the book read the book it's called the other side of truth it's powerful gritty stuff it would make a great class reader probably for year five or six um confident children confident readers at the top of primary would enjoy reading this it is gritty stuff is edge of the seat stuff but trust your author and she guides us through uh the journey and it is a form of truth telling now we're at the end of our show we need to drop down come out of the jock cast drop drop down to activity two where it says new our story and we've got part one today and part two tomorrow and my challenge is for you to write a story in which you have uh, a character who comes from um somewhere else now it doesn't have to be another part of the world but i know many of our listeners will have come from other parts of the world so you can draw on that experience but it could just be a simple matter of moving from the north of the country to the south of the country or just from one side of the town 
to the other side of the town. But that sense of sort of being new. Now, you can either do it from that angle or do it from the angle of you are a child in your school and a new character arrives. This is the first half of my story. I'll read it to you. Amira's tongue seemed to be stuck in her mouth. They had practiced saying good morning in English so many times, but now that she needed to say it, the words stuck fast. She looked down at her scuffed shoes and said nothing. Nothing seemed easier. The teacher towered above her. He was taller than her one from, than her, one from home. Home seemed like a lifetime ago. The teacher walked her outside into the playground to be with the other children. A sharp wind blew across the tarmac and Amira shivered. She missed the warm scent of orange blossom. This new school just smelt of the city streets. She ached when she thought of her old friends. Here, she knew no one. Not quite knowing what to do, Amira wandered between the groups of children, dragging the school bag that she had been given. She could just see her little brother, Amir, in the other playground, surrounded by all the younger children. He stood still with his thumbs stuck in his mouth, looking lost. Everyone else seemed to be moving round him, weaving in and out as they played. She longed to go to him. She knew Mama would have. For a moment, the memory of her mother held her fixed, paralysed. Once again, she relived the moment when they had been running. Mr Walker looked out across the playground. Shrugging his shoulders against the bitter wind, he hugged his mug of coffee and glanced at his watch. Ten minutes to go. He could see the new children, both uncertain how to break the ice. The Syrian girl, Amira, seemed transfixed. The girl from Cornwall had also not settled in and just looked angry. She had already been with them for a week and still not settled. He sipped his coffee and sighed. It was going to be a tough day. Coral Ocean stood on the edge of the playground and waited. No one came near. All the other kids seemed to be absorbed in their own games. She gazed out through the railings and pretended to stare at something in the distance. Blinking back tears, she roughly rubbed her eyes and hoped that no one would notice. So that's the first half of the story. We've got Mr. Walker, the teacher. Amira, who's travelled a very long way with her brother, Amir. And then you've got Coral Lucian, who's come from Cornwall. And both feel out of place uh, because they don't know anyone. Of course, what they need is a friend. So the second half of the story tomorrow. Now, underneath that, as usual, you've got a space for your title. Remember to put your name in. And then you can, in your notebooks, jot your, uh, have a go at writing your story. Read it aloud. Read it to a partner. When you've got it absolutely flowing as you would like it to uh, be flowing, then make sure that you write it into the box um, and uh, you've got your log. Then just fill in the details below. And this is the bit I wanted to mention again, the extension task. So this is where you have a chance to do a recording. And we would like a few of these. One or two paragraphs, that's all, will do us very, very nicely. So really focus hard. David, what can we say about um, performing and recording? We, we Well, it's our favourite part of the show is to listen to some of your writing. We get to read it and uh, we can comment on it. We can uh, you know, so we send links out on Twitter. And we've got a team of people that do leave comments for you. And that's one thing we love to do. But there's just something special about being able to listen to you read what you've written. And Pi talks a lot about... Um, writing that just, you know, 20 minutes ago didn't exist. The description of something didn't exist. And having that uh, read 
out by the author, which is you, is really special. So number one, it's about getting ready and being brave, being brave and having a go. Um, there is a player there that explains how to do it. Um, if you've got any problems there, do get in touch, leave a comment, or you know, you can email the show, radioblogging.gmail.com, uh, and we'll try and help you with that. But the, you can follow those instructions, and you can then add your audio. Now, just a couple of practical things. I may well change the Padlet to a blank one. The one we've got there has hundreds of audios on, and it's very large. It takes quite a long time to load, so I might add a new one on. So if you do come to it and it doesn't have any on there, underneath I will make sure the original one is there. So if you want to listen to a few to get an idea, then please do. Um, but remember, this is all about getting your writing to a bigger audience. And this is the part of the show where we want you to be creating your blog post. And the great thing about a blog post is that we can get comments as well. And just before the show today, uh, I did a little video that I've stuck on the contact area of the blog around, remember um, on Friday, I talked about how you can add a link into your blog comment which will send people to one of your blogs. So you can promote your own blog posts. I've done a little video explaining how to do that, showing my screen and talking you through that. So that's on the contact area. So have a look at that if you're wanting to promote some of your own blog posts. If you do that, you will get a few more comments, I'm sure. But yes, Be Brave is one of the main things here with this audio Padlet. Uh, we love to hear these. and It's one of our favorite things of the show, isn't it, Pi? Absolutely. And we got a couple lined up for tomorrow already, but we would like some new ones uh, to uh, play. So be brave, have a go, but do make sure that you've written it as carefully as you can and it reads aloud well. It flows nicely so that you can read it with expression. Ian, it's been an, a very important show because today has been very much about the importance of telling the truth, the importance of being brave enough to tell the truth when things are wrong. It's an important book that we should read, but it's also about kindness, human kindness, friendship and welcoming people. So I think it's been an important show for us. I've really enjoyed working on it. We've got Beverly's second half of her interview tomorrow where she talks about her writing process and notebooks. But I think it's probably time to wrap the show up. It is indeed. Thank you so much, Pi. It has been a very important show today, listeners, and I hope you have thoroughly enjoyed it. Our huge thanks, of course, to Beverly. Part two, as Pi says, part two of her interview tomorrow on Tuesday. Uh, the time coming up to exactly 20 minutes to 11 this morning. It's uh, Monday, the 8th of June. Just a few shout outs before we go. William from Westfield Primary would like a shout out. Um, also, Dylan would like a shout out as well, as would uh, Bethany as well. Good morning to you Benjamin good morning to you as well thank you for getting in touch um, people been getting in touch also on the email Lorraine Harrison love I've read Beverly's book no turning back but not this one thank you for the taster such a wide range of books on offer on the show well that is what we are aiming for to introduce children and, and adults even and young people to a range of different texts and today has been a really really fabulous opportunity to to, uh, to listen to, to something new and to add it to your to do and to read collection uh, thank you to Deputy Mitchell thank you very much indeed to Pi Corbett thank you to you of course the listeners for joining us this morning as always it's been an absolute pleasure 
here. So do join us again tomorrow morning from 9.30 when we will be back again with another episode of Radio Blogging. Thank you so much. Take care. Stay safe, everybody. And we'll see you tomorrow morning. Yo, yo, what up? This is Lunch Money Lewis. Hey, I'm John Newman. Hey, what's up? This is Fergie Ferg. Woo! Keep this frequency clear. A children's radio blogging show broadcast into homes and schools across the world. Join Pi Corbett, Russell Prue, Ian Rocky, and David Mitchell live each weekday at 9:30 a.m. Online radio live blogging. This is radioblogging.net. Oh, yeah.